0: Blessings, everyone. Good to see you. I hope that you're liking, commenting, and sharing as usual. Um, We're going to bow our heads and we're going to say a quick word of prayer. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, praise you, love you, and honor you, God. We appreciate you for all that you are and all that you mean to us individually, God. We thank you for... Attending to our overseers, my parents, thank you for looking after them. Continue to do the work necessary in their bodies. God, specifically, uh, bishop and apostle, touch his body, touch his lungs, uh, take authority over the pneumonia, and pray that it would be moved out of his body and he would heal and recover properly. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now, God, we ask that you would also bless this uh, time of gathering. We ask that you would encourage us as we study the word and as we go over Sunday's sermon. God, help us to gain insight and wisdom out of And We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's uh, look at uh, the word of God on Sunday. Um, Lady Devin, she stepped up to preach, and so we we're grateful for her uh, handling service. And then of course, as news came of uh, the COVID and all, we end up uh, shutting the sanctuary down. And so she was preaching to empty pews for the first time ever, but I believe she did an amazing job. And so here here was her thought and uh, what she dealt with was don't lose focus, don't lose focus. Once again, don't lose focus. Not for sure how prophetic she even knew what she was sharing would be for the things that I specifically had to deal with as it relates to my parents or even for some of the things that you guys may be going through. That many times as we are transitioning from one season to the next and as we are looking and believing for things, believing for miracles and um, maximizing our moments, Sometimes things come to throw us off course, come to push us over, and it's easy for us to lose our focus. But it's very important that we not only keep focus, but if we have lost focus, regain our focus so that we can move in the direction that we're supposed to move in. Now, as we come into uh, the month of September, the ninth month of the year, for Deliverance Temple has already been a lot of changes and adjustments that we've had to make on the fly, but you also remember that we have been talking about God speaking to me about miracles in the house and people experiencing miracles. Well, Satan doesn't want us to experience the miraculous without attacking us. So it is our goal and our focus and our goal and our purpose to regain. Our focus, to keep our focus, and if we've lost it, regain our focus. So let's uh, look at that again. Don't lose focus. Somebody type that in the com- comment. Type this I will not lose focus. Actually, I think I'm going to type that as well. I will not lose focus. I will not lose focus. Don't lose focus. All right, let's go to a definition for focus. Focus, an act of concentrating interest or activity on something. It is the act of locking in on something, focusing on something, concentrating on something, and uh, as it relates to our activity it it's really important when it comes to activity it's uh for for example uh, i think this will help you understand what i mean like when you're watching a movie unless the movie is like really uh dialogue intensive you don't have to focus all the way and you can still get the gist of what is going on. I've gotten into the habit of watching a movie and texting at the same time. I'm looking up when things are important, unless it's one of those movies where the dialogue is like real quiet and you really have to pay attention. It's not one of those activities that requires your complete focus. However, driving is one of those activities that requires focus. You could lose your life if you're not really concentrating. I'm going to pull the definition side-by-side an act of concentrating interest or activity on something. When it comes to our spiritual activity, how focused are we? And the purpose of bringing that up is are we focused on the prize of the high calling, which is Jesus, or are we focused on all the other things that are around us? If we remember the end of 2019 moving into 2020, we dealt with a series called blind spots and we talked about how things can be in our blind spots and they try to uh, take our focus they they try to if we're not aware of what's in our blind spots we can cause trouble we can cause accidents but you can't be so focused on the blind spots that you're not moving forward so when it comes to or as it relates to what the enemy is trying to do Yes, it will take some of our attention, but we will not lose our focus. Our focus ultimately is on Christ, his finished work at Calvary, God's work in our life, God's assignment on our lives, God's purpose in our lives. I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope and a future and expected end. We have a destiny. We have a destination. Ultimately, our destination is heaven. We will not be thrown off of that as we are moving toward. Yes, we have things that we have to look at, deal with, but it will not take our focus. Let's look at some synonyms for focus. Emphasis, accent, priority. I like that word, priority, attention, concentration. In the definition, we already touched on attention and concentration, but let's look at priority. When it comes to focus, and being effective in your focus and effective in destiny, you have to be able to prioritize things. What is of utmost important in uh, utmost importance in my life? And when it comes to our spirituality, oftentimes we seem to shift priority to our spirituality and put that on the back burner because the things in our blind spots are taking our focus. And it's not that those things are not important, but they shouldn't be prioritized over our spiritual life. So we have to learn how to not lose focus, or if we've lost focus, to regain focus. I, I always like to do this when, when we're talking about focus. This particular camera that I have, it have has what we call autofocus, and so... What it, it will try to find something to focus on. So it could lose focus, but it'll try to snap its focus back in. I'll see if I can get it to do that. If I put my hand up here like this and cover everything, when I move, you see how I'm out of focus? But immediately it pulls me back into focus because the camera is electronically wired to focus on the main thing. At the, at the time, I am the main thing. So even though I interrupted the focus, within a matter of moments, it regains its focus. And that's what we have to do here. Now, as I'm dealing with my parents struggling with COVID, that could take my focus and I could be like, woe is me. But the focus is God is still a good God. God is still in the healing business. He's still doing miracles. So my focus is everything is going to be okay. I'm going to keep moving on the path that I'm going on, I'm going to snap back into focus. I've talked to you guys before and shared it a lot of times in the Bible study that in my own personal life, I like to give myself 24 to 72 hours, three days tops to go through something. And then I try to snap back to reality. When certain things happen, you know, sometimes it makes you sit on the sideline for a while. You get a bad diagnosis. You you have a situation with your child. You have a situation of family member. You have grief that, that comes at you. And sometimes you just need a moment to process. You need a moment to just feel what you feel. But personally for me, if it goes beyond 72 hours, something's wrong with me. I need My faith starts kicking in and starts thinking, okay, what is the next step? Okay, I can cry about it. The first day, the second day, the third day. But by the fourth day, I need a plan of action. What are we going to do next? Lost my grandmother and she passed away. But by the fourth day, I'm figuring out how do I help my family grieve? I realized and found out that I was going to have to preach the funeral. So I'm going to have to temper my grief for a moment. I'm going to to step up. I'm going to have to help my the rest of my family grieve. I can't be down at the bottom. I've got to bounce back. Now Now, in things like that, that are long-term, like grief, you may bounce back and then go back for a season. There may be some back and forth, but the idea is you're trying to regain your focus. You're trying to let the devil know, yes, you may distract me with these things, but I'm ultimately not going to lose my focus. What does that mean for us uh, as a whole as it relates to our spirituality? I'm not going to give up on God. You're not going to find me backslidden somewhere saying I don't believe in God anymore. I quit. This is over. I'm quitting on my marriage. I'm just leaving. I'm leaving town. No, I'm pulling myself together because I have a destiny that I'm moving toward and the destiny requires my focus. So I got to get up, got to get back in the game. Let's do it again. Look how quick it did that time. So so something else that I uh, need to explain to you the camera can remember things. So it remembered the first time that my hand had distracted it. It took it a while for it to jump back into focus. The second time it recognized, Oh, that's a hand. And as soon as I pull my hand away, it didn't take as long to get back into focus as we grow in the things of God. Certain things shouldn't keep us sidelined very long. We should be able to move and get back into things because ultimately we got a destination. And at the end of the day, we get heaven. Nothing is great enough to make me miss heaven. Not my sins, not my weights, not my failures, not my flaws, not my obstacles, not the devil's attack, not demonic activity. None of those things are big enough to make me lose out on heaven. So I'm gonna snap back. And I'm going to keep my focus. All right, let's let's go to one of her first points that I thought was really uh, good. And she talked about Martha being hangry. Hangry is a combination of the words hungry and angry. And so there's a story in the Bible where Jesus is visiting his good friends, Mary, Martha and Lazarus. And so we're going to go to the, that scripture this time. It's Luke 10:40 through 42 in the New International Version. It says, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I like this story because the thing that was distracting Martha was not a Bad thing. It wasn't like what we would call sin. So, to set it up, they lived in a, a city called Bethany. Bethany was about for for those of you who understand uh, Indiana. Bethany was about the same uh, distance as Muncie and, and Anderson. It was about that that type of distance. May, maybe uh, maybe a little closer because they they did some some walking. But it was about a thirty minute walk. Uh, so probably closer than Anderson, but. It was about that far. So Jesus would often come from Jerusalem into Bethany. And so he came to visit his friends, but he had an entourage with him. People followed him. He had his disciples, but there were other people following him. So Martha, what she wanted to do is make sure the home and the area was up to par for her to Uh, host these people and host Jesus who she believed was the Messiah. This was a high honor for him to be there. He visited often, but this time he's visiting with a lot of his people. So she's running here and there trying to get things done. And he sits down. He begins to teach as he's doing that. Mary stops, whatever she had been doing and she sits at the feet of Jesus and begins to listen to her, to listen to him, teach, She was captivated by what he was teaching. In her mind, she was thinking, I may not get this moment again. So yes, things need to be done. This needs to be put here and there. But Jesus is speaking. The master is speaking. So I want to hear what the master is speaking. Martha was concerned with all the other things going on. So with that context, let's read the verse again. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. There's nothing wrong with that. There are things that need to be done. There are certain preparations that need to take place. There are certain things that need to be handled in our normal day to day life. But what happens is that those things many times take precedent or remember that word priority over the word of God in our life. Yes, bills need to be paid. The mortgage needs to be paid. This person needs to be checked on. This kid needs to be picked up. This needs to be done. This news uh, broadcast needs to be watched. I need to figure out what's going on in Afghanistan. I need to figure out more about the vaccine. I need to figure out about my insurance and my car. All those things are important, but they have a way of distracting us. And it's okay when those distractions don't prioritize over The word of God, Mary made a choice. Yes, probably some more things need to be done, but the master is speaking. Now, Jesus being Jesus, he didn't always follow protocol. When he felt like talking and sharing, he would stop and just do that. And that's what Mary understood. Like, yeah, we got to do this. We got to serve this. Maybe the hors d'oeuvres are supposed to come and the drinks are supposed to come. But Jesus is over there teaching. So I'm going to stop all that and I'm going to go and I'm going to hear what he has to say. Martha was like, Jesus, make her help me because she was still caught up in what she was caught up in, which was important. It's not that it wasn't important. It just should never have taken precedent over or been prioritized over the word of God. All right. Let's go back to the scripture. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me me. Um, Don't you see what's going on? I'm doing all the work. And I don't know if you've ever been in a season when it feels like you're doing everything. Everything is falling on you. That can be very stressful when things are falling on you. You're doing it all. You don't have the help that you need. Your spouse is not uh, kicking in and helping like he or she should. Or you have other people living and they're not doing what they should. You're working And all those things can stress you out and then it can make you to the place where you forget the opportunities to grab the word of God. Now, Bible study for us has always been a smaller crowd. And even when we go online, the crowd is smaller. And some of the reasons why people say that they don't tune into Bible study or come to Bible study is I've worked all day. And Bible study is at 630. So I'm tired. I'm worried. Uh, got things, these things going on. All those things are important, but should they take precedent over the word of God? Should they be prioritized over the word of God? We have such an easy time now in the sense that if you don't get it now, you can always watch it later, watch the rebroadcast. And it's funny based on, uh, The way technology is, I can often look and see how many times sometimes our videos are reviewed. So people say, I can't come because I have to work. But then you don't take the time to watch it later or watch it when you have time. But you had time for Netflix. You had time to binge watch a whole series, but you didn't have time for the word of God. So our priorities are out of place. And when our priorities are out of place, what happens is we lose our focus. But Lady Devin said, don't lose focus. All right, let's go back to the scripture. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things or hangry. Look at the next verse, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So Jesus is saying, Martha, you you're worried about a lot of things, but there's a really only a few things are really needed. Um, some of you will understand uh, this. When I was younger, my mother would say something to me like, only thing you got to worry about being is there's is, uh, is only two things that's going to happen to you. Is you going to be black and you're going to die. It's two things you can, can't change. She would say something funny to me like that. But basically what she was saying is all these other things you're worried about doesn't matter. I wanted the nike certain type of nike she bought me a cheaper pair of nikes and i called myself pouting about it and she was saying listen you know that that don't mean nothing to me (laughs) that i don't care about about all that there are only certain things that are really important and are you going to die if you wear these nikes nope so put them on that's what you're going to do. you're going to put the ones i bought so she was she was teaching me a lesson but jesus was doing the same thing he was teaching Martha, that really there's only a few things that are, are necessary when you bring things all the way down to what we call brass tacks. Only a few things are needed. You need to be able to breathe outside of need, be able to breathe. You need water. Uh, you, you, you need a roof over your head. You can kind of make it without it. You need clothes on your back. When you have all those things, sometimes you're stressing out about things that really don't matter. So spiritually, what is the oxygen, the water, the food, the clothes on the back, the roof over our head? What is that spiritually? Being able to spend time with God. So, yeah, this may be taken from me, but you can't take my relationship with God. That's vitally important. So I'm not going to allow things to substitute my relationship with God. That's going to have. Preeminence in my life or priority because that's going to help me gain my focus or keep my focus. And so that's what Jesus was telling her. Let's go to the next scripture, next passage of scripture, which is Proverbs 425. This uh, shows us how to uh, be focused. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. This deals with natural focus. Naturally, this is the way you focus. You allow yourself, let's look at it side by side. You let your eyes look straight ahead, fix your gaze directly before you. They always say the reason why the windshield is much bigger than the rear view mirror is because you spend most of your time looking straight ahead or looking forward. So you want to be looking forward, looking straight. Now, as it relates to our spirituality, we are to be looking at Jesus. Now, I remember a lady, Devon, tying some of this in with the idea of Peter as he was walking on the water. And as long as he looked at Jesus, he was able to walk on the water. He stepped out in faith. But as he got out there in faith, the winds and the waves begin to roar and they begin to. To uh, move and he realized his instability. But as long as he looked at Jesus focused straight ahead on Jesus, he walked on the water. The moment he looked away and looked at the winds and the waves, he immediately began to sink. Now, this is something my father taught me that I never thought of. He said, whether the waves were boisterous or not, Peter should not have been walking on the water. Whether the wind was there or not, he shouldn't have been walking on the water. If it was totally calm, no storm, no waves, no wind, he still should have been sinking. So the winds and the waves were irrelevant to what he was doing. But Satan always brings up that which is irrelevant and throws it at us to distract us. And if we take our focus off of Jesus and onto the things that he's trying to throw at us, We will lose focus, and in this case, we will sink. So let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. What are the things that you need to focus on? Who do you need to focus on? What do you need to lock in? What do you need to be what I call laser-focused on? And hold on to that, and if it's Jesus, it will carry you through every storm, every situation, every circumstance. Personally, I've been through a lot in my life, And I can say God has never failed me. We used to sing a song that says he never failed me yet. I really don't like that yet because he's never failed. There's really not a yet. As long as I'm focused on him, I realize he will never fail. There is no failure in him. And if I have my gaze fixed directly on him, straight on him, I will be okay. The times that I have fallen, I've looked away from Jesus The times that I have fallen, I've looked at my stress, I've looked at the bills, I've looked at the marriage, the kids, the church, and I started sinking. As long as I'm focused on him, I'm going to be okay. So I say again, and I'm going to make it personal, I will not lose my focus. And I declare over you, Deliverance Temple, you will not lose your focus. And like Lady Devin said, do not lose focus. It's not just a suggestion. It is a command for where we are headed in the next seasons of life. The decade of the 2020s has already been a crazy decade. So this is a time where we don't want to lose our focus. We want to be laser focused on what God has for us. All right, let's move forward. Losing focus will cause you to speed up or slow down. So it can affect your pace. Now, I don't remember the exact example that she used, but the example that I'm reminded of is uh, on a treadmill. If you've ever been like running on a treadmill trying to keep pace, if you just look down at the treadmill, It's kind of boring. You kind of get into a habit of looking ahead. But if you get to looking too much and lose focus, you'll speed up or slow down beyond the pace of the treadmill, and it'll cause you to stumble. I have almost had terrible accidents on a treadmill because I lost focus. I remember one time having a treadmill at home, and I decided to set it up close to the television so that I could watch TV and run. Well, the program that I was watching went off and I decided to grab the remote and change the channel while I was still running. I about lost my life, Saints. It was about over. I was by myself. Nobody saw it. Good thing I had that clip on me that killed the treadmill as soon as you pull away, but it was about to be really bad. So what happened, I don't know if I sped up or if I slowed down, but I lost my pace and I lost my balance simply because I didn't keep my focus. All I had to do is keep my focus and my pace and my balance would have been okay. I wanna bring that back up. Losing focus will cause you to speed up or slow down. And I will add, it could be detrimental. So many times our stumbles as it relates to our spirituality, is because we've lost our pace. And the reason why we lost our pace is we lost our focus. All right. She also added this. God doesn't want us to live as is, but he wants us as he created us to be. God doesn't want us to live as is. However, he wants us to live as he created us to be. So what that means is that God has created us for glory. He created us for his kingdom. He created us to be his children. He put his breath in our body, saved the entire world, and he created us to live righteously and make it to heaven. So he doesn't want us to live as is. So when we see things about us that is not up to par, then we cannot focus on that. We focus on where we're going, which is how he created us to be. He created us for faith. He created us for the fruit of the spirit. He created us for anointing. He created us for gentleness, kindness. He created us for loving relationships. Many things happen that don't go according to that plan. And sometimes they leave us as is but God never leaves us as is so our focus should never be as is now this is difficult because we many times look in the mirror and we see as is I'm sick I'm broke I'm divorced I'm depressed I'm this I'm that but God will never leave us that way so that cannot be our focus Who you are and how you are is always at the cusp of of being changed because God says that he is renewing our mind. It also says he's renewing our spirit day by day. We are constantly going through a metamorphosis. We are being changed from the image of the earthly to the image of the godly. It's a process. It takes time. Salvation didn't fix everything overnight. All our temptations didn't go away overnight. We won't make every right decision. There'll be some blunders. There'll be some falls because we lost focus. But when you lose focus and fall, then you have to regain your focus by putting your focus on God and God alone, putting our focus on Christ and Christ alone. And what that does, that gives us the focus of this. Put it up is that's what he created us to be. He created us to be the children of God. He created us to be the sons of God. Beloved, it does not uh, appear what we shall be, but we know we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That is the future glory. We we uh, have a hope. The scripture says Christ in us, the hope of glory. So he created us to be something magnificent. We are kings and queens. We are kings and And priests, we are heads and not the tail. Even though we may be experiencing something that is below and beneath, we don't allow that to be our focus because that is as is, not as created to be. For example, my car is designed to drive, It's designed to take me from point A to point B. The moment my car stops working, I take it to the shop. You take your car to the shop. You know why? Because it's created to take us from A to B. And if it's doing something wrong, then we don't leave it as is unless we can afford it. Sometimes we only leave things as they are because we can't afford to change them. But we're living under the God that controls the entire universe. He has the affordability. He has the power to never leave us as is. Now, let's go back to the car example. How silly would it be for you to have the money to change the car and you leave it as is and don't change it into what it's created to be? You just say, oh, man, I can't, I can't come see you, Mom. I can't come see you, Dad, because my car's down. Oh, what's, what's wrong with Oh, it just needs, needs a battery. Well, why don't you go b- buy a battery? Well, my focus is not on the battery right now. My focus is on the fact that my car is broke down. You would think, no, your mind is broke down, sweetheart. Something's wrong with you. You mean you have the power to change it and you leave it as it is and then you deny yourself what you should have because you have lost focus on the fact that the car was created to drive. And all you got to do is make simple changes and it will drive. This is even better in our case. All we've got to do is allow God to change us. He doesn't even ask us to change us. He doesn't ask us to pay for it. It was paid by his son's own blood. The price is already paid. All we have to do is go back to the shop and say, God, work on us and we will be what he created us to be. So uh, Lady Devlin was saying we don't want to be as is, but we need to be as created He created us to be, which is always moving forward. So our focus is always on the destiny that God has called us to be. All right. Going back to this point, who and whose you are will be the devil's point of attack. So since Satan understands where we're headed, then he will always attack that. And this is what he's attacking. He's not when we say, oh, man, he's attacking my health. And he's attacking my wealth and he's attacking my marriage. He attacks your marriage, your money, your ministry, your faith, your family, your finances. Really, that is the result of his attack. His primary attack is to attack who you are and whose you are. When Jesus first went into the wilderness and he was tempted of the devil, the very first thing the devil said is, if you be the son of God, He was attacking his sonship. So all those other attacks, the depression, the anxiety, the money, all the health, all those things are to get down to attack whose you are. Because here's the question he's going to ask you. If God is on your side, why are you going through this? If you are a child of God. Why are you having money struggles? Why are you sick with COVID? Why did your wife leave you? Why did your husband leave you? He's really trying to attack who you are and whose you are. Let's pull it up side by side. Who and whose you are will be the devil's point of attack. In other words, that's his main thing. He's trying to break us down because that's going to get us off course. Because even in my life, when I was in college, it got me to thinking that God wasn't even real at all. I got to the place where I almost didn't believe in God at all. And so that is what Satan wants to do. He wants us to lose our relationship with him, lose out on heaven and just totally forget about God. But Satan is pretty dumb in the fact that God has done so much for us that we realize now, no, no, I I still believe in him. So now we need to go to the next level. Not only do I believe in him, but he has me in the palm of his hand. And so my focus is I'm in his hands. Hold to his hand. God's unchanging hand. Yes, there's some things that try to distract me and make me lose my focus, but I'm grabbing hold to God and I'm holding to his unchanging hand. And if he has his hands on me, I'm going to be okay. It may not come tomorrow, may not come the next day, but I'm going to be okay. That sin I'm struggling with, it may not drop off my life today or tomorrow, but I'm going to be okay because my focus is God has his hands on me. God is in control of the situation because I place my life in His hands. I place my heart in His hands. I place my career in His hands. I place my marriage, my children, my ministry, my money. I've placed it in His hands and God has never failed me. Not yet. He's never failed me. Ever. When I lost my mother, he still didn't fail me. When I got divorced, he still didn't fail me. When I lost a job, he still didn't fail me. When I fell on my face by my own mistakes, he still didn't fail me. He was there all the time. He's the glory and he's the lifter up of my head. So I'm not going to look down because if I'm looking down, I'm not focusing on Jesus. I'm going to look up, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, I will look to the hills which cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. So my focus is that I serve a God who will not fail me. He's never failed. He's never lost a case. He's a doctor in the sick room. He's a lawyer in the courtroom. He's a friend to the friendless. He's the joy of the whole earth. And he's on my side. He's on my team. He's paid for my life with his blood. So my focus is on him. So having said that, I can only say just like Lady David said, be in courage. So be in courage. Saints be in courage. Right now, my father is in the hospital, but I am in courage because I know who holds the future. Not concerned. I'm not worried. I am in courage. One of the reasons why we get in the word of God Not just for us to gain focus and regain focus, but the word actually encourages us. Whenever we get into it, it builds us up. I've been so blessed to be able to pastor because I found that as I teach the word, I'm teaching and preaching to myself. I'm actually blessing myself as I share you. That's the reason why I'm laughing and smiling and joking all the time because I have been encouraged By the word of God, it has encouraged me and has caused me to keep my focus. And as a leader, I really can't lose my focus because I can take and turn the whole ship wrong. So I have to really be careful to keep my focus. And sometimes it's difficult but staying in the word, preparing the word to preach to you. So I prepare it to preach it to you. And then I preach it to you. And then I go back and edit the videos by getting all that word in me. I'm one happy camper. I'm just happy. I'm like happy, go lucky. Cause I'm encouraged by the word. And I hope that I'm able to give you that same encouragement as lady Devon was, uh, preaching. And I was watching, uh, in a hotel in Arizona, knowing that my father was in the hospital, um, her words encouraged me even though, uh, she didn't know everything was going on when she was preparing, don't lose focus, but God gave her that sermon and it was just what I needed. So I just focused in and I believe God, I've been having a bunch of calls and texts concerned about them and I'm grateful for all that, but I never lost my focus. Everything's going to be okay. I had, uh, someone tell me that, listen, it's worse than what we thought. So, um, you need to prepare for the worst. And basically they're saying your father could die in the next hours, uh, next several hours. And so when I heard that news, immediately my eyes well up with tears, but then I, I grabbed myself and said, no, first thing I'm, I'm going to believe in faith. I'm going to pull myself. No, yes, I can prepare myself for the worst. And I will prepare myself for the worst. Cause that's wisdom. When, when people are battling for, for their life, you prepare yourself for the worst, but, That was only 2%, 98% um, focused on what God is going to do. And what uh, Lady Devon preached came right back to me. Don't lose focus, be encouraged. She actually tied these two together when she was uh, closing and even when she was uh, sharing it. She said, don't lose focus, be encouraged. So it's two parts of this. When you don't lose focus, you can be encouraged. And it is a command to you, don't lose focus. Rather be encouraged. Somebody say that with me, be encouraged. How about we type this? I will be encouraged. I'm going to type that in. I will be encouraged. No matter what I face, no matter what I'm dealing with, I'm going to be encouraged. All right, let's close with these final verses that she shared with us. Colossians 3.1 says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. I'll pause and just speak on that for a second. That's what we mean by focus and setting our affection on things above. So um, when, when you see that word set, it's different than the word sit. When you sit something down, you can pick it back up. Set reminds me of concrete. When concrete is in its liquid form, you can put your fingers in it, put your hands in it, you can do a lot of things until it gets set. When it gets set or hardened, you can't change it or shift it unless you take extreme measures. So when we set our affection on things above, that means we get rock solid, hardened on things above. In other words, our focus is not on things on the earth, earthly things, our focus is on the things of god verse 3 for ye are dead and your life is hid with christ in god what does that mean it means that we are dead to the world and our life our real life is hid with christ in god that's our destination is to be with christ in god in heaven in connection with god So all these earthly things, we're not going to allow them to move us and pull us out of the setting that we are in. We are set. We are secure. We are believing. We are focused. We are prioritizing God over everything. Some people say family over everything. I agree with that. If you're talking about the family of God, it's God over everything. And that's how I am set. And that is my focus. Does that mean Things won't happen to come to disappoint me or distract me. No, things will happen. But the more you become mature in the things of God, the harder it is to pull you and cause you to drift away from where you're set. One scripture talks about being tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. That's when you're not rooted and grounded or set. You get tossed here and there. But when you're set and you're laser focused, you're going to be okay. And guess what happens? You're going to be encouraged. All right, Hebrews twelve two, and I quoted this, so let's bring it up on the screen. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set. Remember, the same set. He's set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So what happened was Jesus kept his focus. That means he had to look beyond the cross, through the cross. It says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Okay, come on, there's no joy at the cross. How did Jesus find joy in his hands going to be nailed, being uh, having crown of thorns over his head, beat, whipped mercilessly, pierced in the sides, pierced in his feet, as well as hands and everything? Well, he looked beyond the cross and kept his focus on the fact That through his death, burial and resurrection, many would come to his father. So he kept his focus. And the scripture says for the joy, he called it joy. So what happens? He was encouraged even in the midst of. it. And not only that, we always talk about the physical pain of the cross, but it was really the spiritual mental anguish of the cross because he had to take on every sin of the entire world. To the point that his father turned his back on him and he cries out, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? He had to go through all that and still the Bible calls it joy because he was encouraged what he saw on the other side of the cross. So I don't know what your cross is. I don't know what your obstacle is. I don't know what you're dealing with. But if you can keep your focus and look beyond what you're faced with and see the joy it will cause you to endure whatever you have to go through, and you will find that you also will be set down at the right hand of God. The right hand of God, and I don't have time to to, to kind of unpack it all the way, but sometimes the Bible talks about the left hand of God and the right hand of God. The left hand of God is the judgments of God, while the right hand of God are the blessings of God, the favor of God. So you will be set at the right hand of God, where you receive the favor and the blessing of God. That's the destination we're headed to. And nothing is worth us losing our focus because there's blessings upon blessings waiting for us, not just in heaven, but some we will receive right here on earth. All right. That brings me to the close. Let's uh, pray. I'm so grateful for you guys being with us and interacting. Uh, I, I really feel encouraged just as I'm teaching this to you. I'm going to Bring up this prayer. So let's us uh, bow our heads and let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I do thank you and praise you and love you. God, I thank you for the word of God that you gave Lady Devin, telling us not to lose our focus, commanding us not to lose our focus. And God, we thank you that in that we will be encouraged. So, God, if we have lost any focus, we snap back to focusing on you and whatever we've got to go through, it's worth it for the blessings that you have bestowed upon us, and we thank you for it, appreciate you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you all. Love you so dearly. Thank you for all your prayers. Keep us lifted up. God bless you. This is Andre Mitchell from Andre Mitchell Ministries signing off. Lovely, love you dearly again. God bless you. Deliverance Temple.